With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter, at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 69. Nice. Let's roll. And we are knee-deep in the uh, in the NFL playoffs. I am I am loving it. Uh, you know, as a Patriots fan, I'm, I'm normally able to dunk on all these Cowboys and Eagles and Raider fans, but... Uh, this week, this year, this moment, I'm just swimming in the same shit pool as them. So uh, here we are, knocked out of the playoffs. My Patriots. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a mea culpa on my Patriots, but I, I gotta say, you know, I'm I'm pretty proud of them. Although the Bills are dope, we'll get into all of that and way way more because this is gonna be a great show. I've got a a a, a, a guest today that I think uh, you guys are gonna really like. Someone who's uh, kind of built uh from the same cloth as me a dynasty guy who uh who's a draft nick so perfect time of the year to have him on just this is dynasty season this is draft season uh he's a bit more of a college football fan than me but absolutely knows his stuff and i'll just bring him right on out my guest today is mr ryan searfoss you can follow ryan on twitter at foss 534 i'm sure that's something to do with the baltimore ravens the 534 am i right uh, no, just my numbers back in sports back in the day. It was what? It was my numbers, my baseball and football numbers back in high school. And it oh, just so stopped. five and 34, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Baseball and football numbers, yeah. So football yeah. running back? Yeah, running back safety. There we go. See, I got it. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. The, the worst was my when I first started, before I moved to running back, they had me at 81. Ooh. And then I, I after I picked that number, like a week later, they made me running back and I looked like an idiot. Nice. But – it's okay. I guess Cordell Patterson does it now. I was 10 and 13, uh, 13 in baseball, 13 in uh, basketball, 10 on the football field. So I, there you I go. feel like 13 was the most popular number back in, back in the day. Yeah. I, I don't know why I played a different number in one sport than the other. Who knows? For whatever reason. Who knows? What the hell? You know, I don't know why. Just picked it. And from there on, it was like, that. that's what I am. I don't know why that is. Should have been 33 for Larry Bird because that motherfucker could play. Yeah, he could. I, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little upset. Like one of my things I love about guest spots is I, my co-host, is a Patriots fan, and I thought I'd get away from you people. No, and it's no. it's 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 fucking possible. You're yeah. you're everywhere. Yeah, like literally. Yeah, I mean, every you know. Everywhere. First of all, you know that you know who's everywhere: Steeler fans, and you are a Ravens fan in Pittsburgh. Which yeah. you know. So speaking of everywhere, Pittsburgh Steeler fans must be absolutely all over you. Yeah, they're rough. My like, group chats with my friends from like college and high school are nightmares. It's never nice. Like, yeah. I, 
I could be on the most vulgar show and I can't repeat stuff we say to each other. And I'm, but it, it's fun, man. Like the rivalry's fun, talking shit's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and game days. It, I mean, you block your friends every once in a while, but it happens. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I think as a as a sports fan, as an NFL fan, those Ravens Steelers games, you know, dating back throughout the years, have been some of the most entertaining sixteen to thirteen games I've ever seen in my entire life. They're a blast. And you know what? It's bittersweet about Ben retiring because, like, he was the last bit of that really good rivalry. Like, him and Suggs were, like, the last two. And, like, the new generation needs to learn to hate each other. Yeah. And, like, I need that hate in my life. You know, at least at least the NFL won't turn into the NBA uh, where, you know, it's just too much love, man. I mean, you got to hate your opponent a little bit. I mean, you obviously you just mentioned you played. I mean – you know, there were dudes you, you respected on the other team, but you had to find a way to drum up some hate sometimes, especially in big games. I see playoff games in the NBA and they're like, like, you know, just wait, dapping it up. And like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a different game, but football thankfully still has that edge. Yeah. Like they're talking the Manning cast last night, two nights ago, however many nights ago that was Peyton was talking about Ray Lewis hitting him and like pushing him down on his way up and calling him a pot. Like, that's what it should be. And it, yes. it better never change from that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, like, that's I, like, I like guys with some chip, like chippy players like that. It's yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if, if you're from Baltimore, of course, you know, I mean, you definitely like chippy players. I mean, uh, who's, who's the guy that took out Brady? Um, no, uh, Scott, no. no, 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 no. Oh, it was, I think Bernard, Bernard Pollard when he, Bernard knocked, Pollard, he's dead to me, but yeah, I, yeah. that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's dead to me in my Raven fandom, but he, yeah, I blocked him out of my memory because he was just consistently, you know, knocking dudes out. You know, it took out Gronk a few times. It was just bad. Like every time you turn around, you'd be watching Gronk with a broken elbow and you know Brady with a broken knee. Here I'm complaining. What? How many Super Bowls do we have? Seven or whatever. Don't even worry about us. We're fine. But uh, it was it was some carnage. There's a lot of fans that went down. I mean, you know, you look at the. Um, the, the the Patriots, the Eagles, the Raiders, the Cowboys, like Steelers. I mean, the, it was it was pretty rough uh, for the um, for a lot of fan bases. I mean, Cardinals and who else lost? I think that was it, right? So it was like Steelers, Cowboys, Patriots, Eagles, Raiders. Like a lot of teams go down, and uh, you know, big uh, big fan bases were were crippled. Uh, so we really couldn't even make fun it. of each other, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice from the outside, just watching everybody else suffer for a change after <laughs> you, the last couple of years. You guys you know? were on the outside for sure. It was it, it was painful, but you know what? It, the most interesting team in football this year, it'll be back. Yeah, and and uh, if we if we talk about some of those teams that got that got bounced, I mean, one is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know, um, you know, Big Ben's final game. I mean, I feel like he played his final game two years ago, but uh, you know, regardless of that, it was I think his official final game. And now the Steelers, who have a pretty loaded roster, I mean, I think if they can find a way to improve their offensive line and find a quarterback, like that's a ready-made Super Bowl team. I mean, you know, obviously if they had the quarterback, right? I mean, in other words, everything else is kind of working there. Even the defense is maybe just a couple players short of being pretty damn good, right? Yeah, defense is solid. Like they need a little work in their secondary. That offensive line is atrocious. Like that's, that's my fear. Like if they draft a young quarterback, which I don't know, picking at 20, that who they're going to get, who they really like. I don't really love the QB class that much, but like you're sending a rookie QB in there with a line that's not that great. It could be lights out. Like that's how you ruin a player really quickly. 
Like, I would almost rather see them build their line from a football perspective, build the line, and then bring in a quarterback a year later or even yeah. a free agent a year later. Like, let, let Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or whoever take the beating this year. It's going to suck for fantasy and everybody involved other than probably Najee Harris. But I'd rather that than screw up a young QB. Well, I think if you're think, I mean, not to throw some shade at you, but if you're thinking Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, I think you've already lost in your own mind. I, th- I think there's plenty of players out there. Sure. You know, the the Gardner Minshew, the Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis would be great there. You know, Tomlin's a great coach. You know, that's the thing with Tomlin. I mean, think yes. about what he's done with this team the last two years with a corpse at quarterback and an offensive line that's terrible. I mean. You know, they he's he's a damn good coach. I mean, I think yes. he's earned it. If they get a quarterback, you know, even Marcus Mariota level, I mean, they they have to be a playoff contender at that point. So, you know, if I they mean, can just get anything a little bit better than that, they're in good shape. So Carr would be perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like that Ra- Raiders team has a whole new regime. We're hitting other yeah. teams bounce from playoffs, whole new regime. Yep. They might not want him, kick him in the curb, he'd be perfect. Like he could fill yeah. in start day one, offense doesn't miss a beat. It's fantasy-wise great for everybody. It's still, and they could draft protection for him. They have enough money on the salary cap where they can do a little bit. I think Carr insulated himself uh, in terms of dynasty value this off season, or this off this season uh, because of the way he played. I, I don't think he's a, not a starter anywhere. You know, somehow or another, he's a starter. He's definitely a top yeah. twenty, if not a top fifteen to ten quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he played really well. I don't think he's elite by any stretch but he's definitely on the better side of average for sure i mean at worst he's a stopgap quarterback that's gonna yes. find a role at worst at worst like he could be another six years as a starter in the league is it gonna be great no but if you have a good team around him you can win like if you were if you were just starting any franchise i don't know you know seattle trades wilson or whatever and they just don't have and you just have a choice between Derek carr and kirk cousins for on one year deal who are you picking i mean aren't they the same person but probably Carr. yes they like, are they're, they're, they're whoever's cheaper but like they're very close like no they're both 30 million for one year you have to pick one who are you picking Derek carr or carr. kirk cousins carr and feeling gross about it yeah like, right so they're close though that's what i'm saying like that's what i'm saying if you pick carr over cousins that's like you know, they're top 15 quarterbacks ish. Yeah. So I think Carr in dynasty is safe. And if he lands somewhere like Pittsburgh, if they can do something to the line, that's kind of the thing too. You're right. Like if they draft a quarterback with that, that pick, then they can't draft a tackle. Um, whereas yeah. if they somehow sign a free agent or somehow bring in a guy, then they can actually perhaps build through the draft. If they draft a guy, they're going to have to, you know, build that offensive line through free agency. I'm not sure which way is the best way to go, but certainly they've got to address both those spots and, you know, uh, Juju came back. I don't think he's going to play there. We'll see. But yeah, he's a free know, agent again too. He's the one. Exactly. Be yeah. Claypool and DJ will be there, and that's a that's the a good ghost, start. The ghost to chase Claypool this yeah. year. But uh, yeah, like it's the right. I think it's the way to go. The line, veteran quarterback, and then go from there. Yeah, and so that'll be interesting. Speaking of a of, of a quarterback who. I don't know, man. This one's a tough one, and Michael P. Duncan is probably going to slide in here and start yelling at me. But Jalen Hurts, you know, all year I was saying if Jalen Hurts, if you if you were told Jalen Hurts is going to start every game for a franchise over the next five years, he'd be a top five dynasty quarterback, you know. Yeah. But the the fear with D- Jalen Hurts as a dynasty asset has always been will he will he hold his job, you know, and. It, it's certainly a question mark now. What do you what do you think happens with Jalen? Do you think he keeps his job? I mean, they got three first round picks. 
Um, and it doesn't look like he's got the full support of the coaching staff in Did, front office. Didn't you see the quote, the quotes today? I missed it. No, I was, no they, they I, said, go. They said me. today, they said today that he's the quarterback going into next year. It's his job. They go. confidently said that. And I believe it like, yes, he took some bumps, especially in the playoff game. That was ugly, but he also took them to the playoffs this year. He's essentially a rookie. Like, he started yeah. ni- he started 19 games in his career. That's a rookie season. And if we compare that to guys who are starting maybe just a few games less, he's done a lot better. Like, yeah. we're so quick to pull the trigger on some guy, on a player when they're young, maybe because they sat a year, and year two we're looking at, like, they should be experienced. He didn't have an yeah. offseason year one, and he didn't start till late. There were some bumps and bruises, but he had some huge performances – that offense is still lacking a lot of weapons. Smith was great. Goddard solid, but there's really not much like it's those three picks build around him, solidify that team, see what he has, give him another year. And you know what? If he succeeds, you have that player cheap. So you're still not paying a lot for him in dynasty. Yeah. I think, I think the blueprint is Baltimore because he's not a, he's not a, a, a very good pocket passer. He's just not, he doesn't see it. Um, you know, yeah. you could hear, uh, I think it was, wasn't it Aikman who did that game? No. Yeah. Yeah. He was right? really bitter about it. Right. He was, yeah. Cause Romo did the Dallas game. Aikman did that game and he kept saying like, Oh my God, this guy, what the F, you know, he can't see this throw. He can't see that. He was very upset by the way the kid was playing and he's not an anticipatory thrower. He's, I don't know that he's ever going to be. He certainly didn't show that, at, uh, you know, in college. He was, you know, benched in the natty for, you know, for for reasons, uh, you know. And, and uh, so I, I'm just not so sure he's ever going to be that guy. But, you know, can he be Lamar Jackson light, especially, you know, in Philly? They got a good running game. They showed it. But I just don't know if he can ever really elevate himself past uh, past that. Uh, Lamar Jackson light, you know, Um I don't know. I, I'm just I'm dubious of the whole Jalen Hurts experience in terms of real NFL. But when it comes to dynasty, like I said, in fantasy, dude's awesome. You know, I mean, yeah. he but puts up fantasy points. If you look at his worst games, though, they were against two worst games of the season were against Tampa. Yeah. Who has a pretty good defense. Great and defense, yeah. the way they score, they put so much pressure on a young quarterback. Yeah. Because you're trying to win everything by yourself. And you can't do that. Yeah, and, and then if you think about what Tampa Bay does, they stop the run, and that's yep. really how Jalen Hurts gets his throwing going is through the run action, right? You know, they they, they just they'll pound the run. They weren't able to do that against Tampa Bay, so then he's just sitting back when it, when it, when he's just sitting back as a sort of stand up shotgun quarterback. It's not as pretty as when he's able to sort of play uh, through play action and play through that you know run action situation where you know everything is you know put, guessing the linebackers and all that sort of stuff. So I think he plays better in that way. We'll see if he can turn around, but I'm certainly dubious. Um, and I think if they had the right trade for the right quarterback, I think they'd pull the trigger. You know, I think they've got to say that that Jalen's the guy going forward. But you know, that's almost the kiss of death when they say that. It's it like, is, but like, who would you? Who can you honestly get? Who you'd feel more comfortable starting? I don't feel so well, comfortable De- with any of the rookies. Deshaun Watson, obviously. I mean, well, yeah, but that's a whole new thing of problems. But like, picture if you add a wide receiver there, like a Garrett Wilson sure. or Drake London, who gives them that big body he can trust on the outside. Like that changes everything. Yeah, for sure. Like. Wide receivers matter. Look at Kyler Murray, how he fell apart when D-Hop went away this yeah. year. Like, give the guy the weapons. Let him have a chance. So f- by that rationale, 
Uh, how do you feel about Mac Jones, who by all uh, by all accounts had zero weapons? Like his best receiver was either Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers. <laughs> I don't think anybody in any circle, NFL, fantasy, dynasty, had any of those guys in their top 100 uh, heading into the season. So no, it's like Jacoby Myers right? is now. <laughs> He sure is now. No, so, I mean, it's chicken and egg. I think the kid's pretty good, but he's certainly not an alpha. No, exactly. Mac Jones is really good this year. And the Patriots do one thing that we talked about the Steelers and, like, a lot of these teams need to do. He came into that with a system that's perfect for him. He fit the system. Yep. And that offensive line keeps him on his feet. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're an NFL quarterback and you're not getting hit – even a low-level quarterback should do well. It's when things fall to shit, and it didn't happen that much with Mac. It really didn't, and you add a good receiver. Oh my god, he's gonna blow up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know I mean, the there was thing. there was a. I don't know if you saw the game. I mean, I'm sure he did, but the 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 throw where he got picked off in the end zone by Micah Hyde. That was a yeah. dime. That was a it dime. Was, he threw it, it to Aguilar, play. and Aguilar was kind of just like he didn't go up and get it, like. You know, if that's Traylon Burks, I don't mean to, you know, but right, if that's a if that's one of those types of players, I mean, any if Jamar Chase, obviously, you know, I mean, a good dope receiver, they could just go up and get it, and it's a touchdown or you know whatever. I mean, it's just not picked. Yeah. Um, and I'm not suggesting incredible. Uh, he made an incredible play. Yes, he did. Like, that was awesome. You got to give some to the defense on that. It was a ridiculous play. That it was great. Maybe five safeties in the league bank. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like, a ten percenter. Yeah. It's it was just one of those plays. Like he's really good. I don't yes. know his ceiling for fantasy. Like fantasy right. wise, with the lack of running, it kind of caps him in that. Maybe a little bit better than Kirk Cousins' range, but it kind of yeah. caps him there because the yep. Patriots are never going to be a team to throw six hundred times like Cincinnati's doing with Joe Burrow. Like no. it's just not in their DNA. So it caps him a little bit. But if you're playing super flex, he's a beautiful QB two who you can feel safe. I totally agree. I think he's going to be a great uh, QB2 in Dynasty for a long time. Long um, time. Yep. And, um, and, and we, we might as well talk. Uh, I know there's definitely some Cowboys fans going, what about us? Please shit on my team because they were awful. Um, and let's let's just let's do just that for these Cowboy fans who are loathing themselves. And also for all the other fans who hate the Cowboys, let's shit on the Cowboys. Uh, shall we? I'll, I'll shit on some of them. There's one. There's one. There's one I will. I refuse to shit on. Oh, tell. Please tell who. Freaking CD Lamb, dude. He's yeah, a superstar. Like, yeah. He's dropping in Dynasty ADP right now, and it's blowing my mind. Yeah. Like he's still my wide receiver three in Dynasty, and it's not going to change. He's a superstar. That offense fell a little bit to shit at the end of the year. Things changed, but like. It's still a really good team, a really good offense. They led the league in yards this year in scoring. One playoff game's not changing that for me. He's a star. I know they went to less later in the season, which makes no sense, but there's a good chance Gallup's not there. That opens up more targets. Yeah. Dalton Schultz was really good this year, too. I won't talk about him. Like, he should be talked about in higher regards to the tight end situation. 
Well, they they were they were great all year. The whole team. I mean, well, I say great all year. I mean, you know, we certainly had Super Bowl aspirations. If you're a Cowboy fan heading into you know the end of the season, I think they were really scared in in that playoff game. I, there was a lot. I don't. I think the matchup was bad. I thought the coaching was terrible. I thought they weren't very well prepared. I thought they weren't very creative. They had 15 fucking penalties. Like, and you know the 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 ref thing is so stupid because like. Every every penalty, you know, I watched that game over again, and like so many of them were like illegal formation. You're like, what are they gonna not call the fucking illegal formation? And why the hell are you in a legal formation? You know, it was like false start, false start. You know, you know all that shit, jumping off sides, neutral zone. You know, it wasn't like ticky tack pass interference after pass interference. Cool. I mean, there were a couple questionable calls, of course, but you know what? The Raiders got job too because I mean, at the end of the day, I think the spirit of the rule in that Raiders call was right. Like, in other words. That was a fucking touchdown, and that was that would have been fucked up to take the points off the yeah. board. But by the letter of the law, those points should have come off that board. So, don't you agree? I mean, not to yeah, seg- segue, I mean, right? I'd rather see the play be made because it's an amazing play, and I hate yes. seeing it away. But by the letter of the law, it should have been. But yeah, that I mean, Dallas is not Dallas is a heavily penalized team, like all year. Yes, they they won, and they did a lot of their scoring in division. They, um, I was actually. Was, they got forty five percent of their points this year in against their six division teams. In their Jesus. six games in division, they scored forty five percent of their points. Like they put up ninety one points against Washington this year in two. Right, or no, right. I'm sorry, against against Philly in two games. Like they did a lot of beating up on teams like that. But I feel like they are a little confused with like mixing the run and pass. They have the talent. I just don't know if it was used the way they should. Yeah. It was. It's a tough game. I mean, it's it's rough in, in the NFL it's too because it's 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 one game and you're out. Like you know, I watched my Patriots lose and man, Josh Allen and I, I thought first of all we're gonna get there. We'll talk about the Bills. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that. But when we talk about CD Lamb, I'm with you. If you watch that game too, there were two um, two big catches he made that were called back on penalty. Mm-hmm. Like because I remember I was watching, I was like, oh, big play by CD, big play by CD, and then like later in the game, first catch by CD, I'm like, well technically but dude's been fucking making some plays they just keep getting called back so um yeah you're right i think cd lamb look there it wasn't awesome this year he had a low a dot which was not very good but he had a good yards per route run um i thought he was he was he was good enough to 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 hang him uh in that top five uh dynasty wide receiver and certainly if someone is panicking I say the buy window is wide open. I think I said, you can I, I absolutely a make a big trade for CD Lamb right now in Dynasty. I sent I sent a big offer out for him today. I'm waiting on a reply for. Nice. Like yeah, you got to do it. But like yeah, it's there. And yes, his A dot's a little bit lower, but he's always been a really good run after catch guy. Yeah. Like yeah, his rack is fantastic. Yeah, and if we can get a different coach there, yeah, I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast, and uh, you know, of course I do because I'm a fucking East Coast asshole. But you know, I was listening and. Um, you know, they mentioned, uh, wouldn't Brian Flores be great there? It's like, uh, yeah, actually, that would be pretty awesome. You know, um, they they need a coach, and I don't think they're going to make a change. Uh, even demoting or, or excuse me, firing uh, Mike McCarthy and promoting Kellen Moore, I think that would even be better than what they've got. But, man, I, I'm not so sure, you know, what the course of action is there. But I'm sure they'll make the wrong move. Yeah, like, I question that coaching a lot. Yes. Even, especially the Kellen Moore thing. Like this team's so talented. Name a group that has more talent on offense than maybe Tampa. Right. 
Like, what team has those three receivers, a tight end who was doing what Schultz is doing, Zeke and Pollard, who are both fantastic backs? Like, not many teams have that or can even dream of having that kind of offense. And yes, they are good, but they also crumble certain weeks. Like, nine yeah. against Kansas City is unacceptable. Like, well, that it was like coaching. even, yeah, yeah it was even that play. Ryan, even that play that where they, they ran the draw. When they ran the draw, oh my God. you know, yeah. Romo was like, they've got this. They've got this. You know, and he knew what was going on. And then after the game, I think it was McCarthy himself who said, we've practiced that play. So, again, if they've practiced that play and they know the rules, wouldn't they have practiced with the center and uh, quarterback to hand the ball to the ref? Because that's a very yeah. integral part of having that play work. And yet they fucked that up completely. Yep. Yeah. Right? So that's coaching. I feel like, I mean, unless they're that much of a knucklehead where they're like, don't forget to hand the ball to the ref. And then they didn't do it. Right. I mean, I feel like that's kind of, if it was a young quarterback, yeah, I'd say that I'd chalk that up, but not Dak. You feel like he must've known. Yeah. That's, that's coaching. Like a lot of this is coaching with them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think defense is a bit overrated, including a certain corner. Yeah. No doubt. That's a whole, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he he's a hell of a playmaker, but he's not an amazing corner in terms of lockdown. You're right. They threw at him a lot, and yeah, he gave up a ton of yards. I mean, whatever, right? I mean, he was a high-variance corner is what he was. And I'm okay with that on a team. Yeah. But like, yeah. That, if that's your lockdown guy, that's not always right. a good thing. He's not a lockdown guy. He's a, he's no. a high-variance playmaker. That's what but he But they use him as a lockdown guy, and that's <laughs> right. not – like you're leaving him on an island with Justin Jefferson and good just luck. getting crushed. Yeah, good luck. Speaking of good luck, uh, the Titans versus the Bengals in Tennessee. Whew, we didn't see this one coming. Titans, uh, number one seed. Bengals just fucking making a run toward the end of the season. Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, wow. I mean, down the, down the stretch. And they weren't as prolific this past week against the Raiders. I thought they played a little bit conservatively, and but they played really well. I mean, I watched that game again today, and, uh, man, they just, they're just really cool. And Chase is really dominant. And to have him as, as dominant as he is, and then Higgins and Boyd and Uzoma. Uzoma looked really good in that game, caught the touchdown, caught a big seam play, uh, you know, the same play that Waller made, uh, you know, uh, later in the game. I mean, those are those are big plays, and only yep. certain tight ends can make that play. So their offense is great. Mixon looks outstanding. Mixon the offensive is line is a question. been waiting for five years for. Like, yes. he's finally healthy. Out so of good, right? Not terrible. And he's <laughs> so good. So good. Situation yeah, he looked matters. really good. And <clears throat> the question I have is, Will that offensive line hold up against that Titans pass rush? Because if it does, I think it's game over. Dude, I think it's going to be an awesome game. Like, it's it's a battle of wills. Like, these two teams are so different. Yes. It's whoever they can get playing their game. Like, if Tennessee can keep their offense in some sort of check and just bludgeon them with Derrick Henry's yeah. back, yeah. it's their game. Like, it's literally whose game they're playing. If the Bengals turn it into a shootout somehow – and Jamar Chase just lights them up and all those receivers do. It's a toss-up game. Like, yeah, I'm not betting on it. Like, there's zero mon- zero chance I'm putting any money down on almost anything in this game. Even, like, <laughs> player props I'm not fucking with because it's, it's a crazy matchup. You don't see these, like, teams who are that different play and know what to do with it. You know, uh, the Raiders had a lot of success with Josh Jacob. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. They had uh, Dude, that was so tri- stupid. Right? I, I was really mad about that. Like, Josh Jacobs... 
had uh, 82 yards on 13 carries. Yeah, like why six and a half or seven. Yeah, yeah. Why are you not giving the ball more? I mean, it was working. You know, I, I mean, I'm I'm all for for passing the ball, but if you can run at six yards a pop, might as well keep doing that. And you know what that does? That makes the time expire. That keeps Joe Burrow off the field. Like it, the whole thing. It was so stupid to me. Yeah, the Raiders could have played their game, and they didn't. But they're also yeah. a mess at the coaching situation. Like that team's a shit show. I don't know how they yeah. made it as far as they did, but they could they could have won that game if they would have just played their game. And they, you know, they had Tennessee, a chance. And Tennessee used to see that as a chance because the Raiders did a good job of what Tennessee's excellent at. Yeah. And how about the how about the fourth down play? Just throwing it five yards short of the end zone in the uh, and and I saw Waller was like running like a lazy wheel route like. I was like, what are you doing? I mean, if there's one guy I'm throwing a ball to or at least making sure they have to cover, it's Darren Waller, like, down the seam. Like, give him a chance. If they put roll coverage to him, you got to go elsewhere. But, like, I, that's just the, the the key point of my of my play on, on fourth down and going towards the end zone is let's see what Waller can do. And if they shade there, then, all right, we'll go elsewhere. But I got to give him a chance. He never had if a he, chance. They, if he, just if such a not, terrible play call. If he's not double covered – I'm going to him. It's got to go to him. Yeah. That's it. And it's they, go I feel like t- they pulled Hunt. They didn't really use Hunter Renfro the way they did when they were really successful this year either. Like they went yeah. away from him a lot as well. Yep. Say Jones, baby. Say Jones. Like, we're, we're worrying about <clears throat> Say Jones in a playoff game. The 2022 is already crazy. So good. So if you had to call it, I mean, hey, wait, uh, Derek Henry's playing, right? Is that, that's official, yeah. right? Yeah. That's official. He, 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 had, he had contact practice today. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I was gonna say the Bengals originally, but you were talking. We were talking about the Josh Jacobs thing. It yeah. it flipped me because, like, you know who's not gonna go against uh, go away from the run? Tennessee. Yeah. And if you can't stop Josh Jacobs, there ain't no way in hell you're start you're stopping Derrick Henry. Who's which Derrick Henry legs. are we getting though, Ryan? I mean, which Derrick Henry are we getting? Derrick Henry's fucking Derrick Henry. Like <laughs> that man's a monster. <laughs> we're getting the Derrick Henry, the real he, one. Now we're getting he, the guy. The, he's he, got to be there. He's bigger, stronger, faster than everybody. Like he's eighty percent of Derrick Henry's better than Josh Jacobs. <laughs> That's true. Seventy percent of them. Like he's <laughs> absurd. And yeah, he was hurt, but you know he's had some time off, got fresh legs under him. It's wheels out, man. I, I'm giving that dude forty carries. They've got the coach of the year in Vrabel, right? Like, how, how can you not give it to Mike Vrabel? Loses all of his offensive weapons and somehow gets the one seed. Like, unbelievable awesome against the Bills and Chiefs. Like, great, great and coaching job there. And their defense is legit. Like, they may struggle against the pass, but if any team's yeah. shutting down Joe Mixon, it's them. Yeah, like, I think – They can make um, one-dimensional. Like I said, I think if they can rush and, and pressure Burrow with four – then they're they're there. I think if somehow they can protect Burrow, that could be uh could be one of those games where Cincinnati um is able to just throw the ball. I think I think you're right though, you know, <laughs> that that home team on rest, we always underestimate that. They're the only team in the AFC this this week with that. So I think you're probably right. I think I lean Titans, but I even uh, dropped into the playbook this week, uh, you know, the Undroppables playbook that hosted by Michael P. Duncan and Ashley Marie. And I said uh Bengals 27, Titans 23, but who knows, man? I, I don't know. They're gonna that's gonna be tough to score against that Titans team. They're gonna take the air out of the ball with Henry. It's gonna be awesome. So for the record, you've got Titans. Yeah, and you know what? They needed that vibe more than most teams because they've been beat up. 
Like, I'll, they I'll take the that. Bengals and the points, and uh, you know, and, and certainly right. I'll just pick the Bengals to win it here. But you know, it's going to be a tough, a tough sledding. There's also that division hatred, but I also hate the Titans. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I despise the Titans. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So, so the 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 Saturday night game is going to be one of these pure visually pleasing games of all time. Like 49ers in Lambeau against the Packers. It's going to be, you know, that night game under the lights, Lambeau breath, you know, the, the breath smoke to be five degrees. It might snow. It's like 50% chance of snow on Saturday. Like, Oh my God, give it to me. Right. Like I can't wait for that game. Oh dude, that's awesome. I I didn't see the weather until I saw the show notes. I'm excited about that. Weirdly as it sounds, if there's snow like that and we look at the 49ers as this awesome run team. Yes. And I get that. But you know what? Green Bay's running backs are built more for running in that kind of weather than that quick offense, that zone offense that we see in San Francisco where you're doing those sharp cuts and go. When Fair you enough. can have AJ or you have AJ Dillon, who's that north south just monster. Beating on it, I like that in their. I like that in Green Bay's favor, and you know it's Green Bay in Lambeau Field in December or January. I like that, man. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe in Garoppolo. I know, like zero and three versus them in the playoffs. Whatever, it's a three game sample size. Like everyone talks about, we need a big sample size stuff. But when we see zero and three for Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs against San Francisco, everybody loses their minds. Right, like it's Aaron Rodgers, dude. Yeah, he's out on like his revenge tour this year, bitter and like I said, their running game's great. Their defense, also, they're getting players back. McCarthy's coming back on their line. Jair Alexander might be back. It's huge, man. Yeah, Zadarius Smith, I think, might get back on the field. Like, yeah, they're getting some dudes back. Like, uh, the one seed in the NFC is getting dudes back. That's kind of rough. Yeah, if Jair Alexander comes back, he's one of the few guys who can run with Debo Samuel and lock him down a good bit. Like he's a ridiculous corner and that really bodes in Green Bay's favor. Yes, it does. But Debo, I think, what do you get? Like fucking 15 carries or some shit. Like uh, that dude is just unbelievable. He didn't actually get 15, but he got a lot. He got and, a lot, uh, he got, I think it was like seven or 10 or he, something. He, he got a bunch. He got enough. You see people on Twitter bitching about his, um, uh, having even running back status for fantasy. Like, uh, yeah. Which is absurd. But like he's yes. getting that many carries. But he's awesome. I mean, his fucking name is Debo too. So that, that should tell you everything you need to know about the dude. Yeah. He's a bad dude, but yeah, I feel better against him with Jay Alexander than without him. It's another great matchup for San Francisco though. I I think, um, you know, that, that defense is going to be tested. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the end, I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, the rested team at home, I, I do like the Packers to win this game. I like Jimmy G to make a mistake. He made a mistake in the in the Dallas game that almost lost him the game. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to fumble the ball. It's going to be a strip sack. It's going to fall out of his hand. Something, sh- you know, pick it, it, six. It's it gonna feels happen. like he wants to lose sometimes, but yeah. he always does just enough to win. It's really frustrating. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely going to make a mistake and lose the game. Uh Dynasty takeaway, Elijah Mitchell. Like, how high is too high uh, in your dynasty rankings for Elijah Mitchell? Uh, we were just talking about him last night on our show. Um, and we we're I have him at 20 right now. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I still question it either way. Like, I question it less because I don't trust San Fran and who they have and how quickly they replace backs. 
but he also looks really good. Like it's a very confusing situation for me. So I'm kind of just splitting the middle on it. Mm, like I'm comfortable with him in RB two <laughs> territory. There's a lot of guys above him who I know are getting all the carries, no matter what. But if he's starting, he's so good. Like yeah, if I was guaranteed, if I was guaranteed he was starting, I'd feel so good about him. That's interesting. I just looked at my dynasty rankings. I haven't updated them in a little bit. It's been a couple weeks. Um, I've got him at RB20 as well. And I really want to move him up. But it's like when you start looking at the players, and I will move him up because there's a couple players I will move him ahead of. But um, it's hard because you just start naming the guys up there. You're like, oh, 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 oh. You know, so there's a lot of good names up there. But I think he's definitely solidly a, a running back, too. Yeah. And, you know, at, at that value, I think he's got the biggest upside. We had the conversation a couple weeks back. I think it was me and, yeah, it was me and BZ. We redrafted the 2021 class, so I'll, I'll ask it this way. In Dynasty, who do you prefer, Travis Etienne or Elijah Mitchell? So I have Travis Etienne at 19, one spot ahead of him. And a lot of it is the way I know Travis Etienne can be used and, like, what he brings as a versatile playmaker. Again, we're, like, I don't know, like, we drop guys and they get hurt. Yeah. And even if he is healthy, he probably would underperform this year because that offense was a shit show. Yeah. Like it, it was everything was a mess there. I trust not like any feelings I had about Jacksonville this year, I'm throwing out the window. Yeah. Like it's a whole new thing. Everything changes with the coaching. It, they could when we get our coaching higher, I could move Etienne down to 36. Or I could move him <laughs> up to uh I could move up two spots. I could move up to 17 max. But like the coach really matters there for me. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, I looked at it like this, right? So if you ask yourself who has the higher ceiling, it's, it's like, um, are, well, are we sure about that? Like the, the lead back in that San Francisco offense, if he gets that role, I mean, that's a huge, huge upside. That's a, that's a big ceiling. Who has the lower floor? Etienne. Right. Yeah. It's like, so it's really, it's really, yeah. Etienne has he's a lower floor because he, he could be nothing. We have yeah. no idea. He's got the foot, the whole thing. He's never played it down in the NFL. Like, there's just so much there. And yet, still, Elijah Mitchell kind of has a low floor, actually, because he's a late drafted guy who could be replaced. I don't think he should be replaced, but it doesn't matter what I think should happen. It matters what might happen. And because he's not buoyed by draft capital, he could fucking be replaced. Mm hmm. So, and like, it's weird. Like, Etienne has the draft capital, but it's a whole different regime. Yes. The, yeah, thing I, I, the thing yeah. that I like at the end, he could easily – like I can picture a world where he catches 65 balls. He, Yo, doesn't, easy, yeah. he doesn't need to be a 180-carry guy, 200-carry right. guy because he's not that because he's big play, <laughs> catch the ball well. And if we look at fantasy, like usage-wise, not comparing the player, but you could see – I can picture him with the usage the way the Chargers use Eckler, and that's fantasy gold. Yeah. Will he be that good? Probably not, because that's <laughs> right. fantastic. But that role, you give me 80% Austin Eckler's role in production, I'm really happy at the end. Yeah. You got to go with the shower narrative, too. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, you know, there is something there. There's chemistry there. I'm sure with the shitty season that, that Jacksonville had <laughs> last year, he'll be looking for his buddy. You know, yeah. to join the team and help them uh, help them move the offense forward. You know, There's hey, a, we need you. You know, we need you. Yeah. There's not one person on that offense who I'm like, oh, Trevor Lawrence has a connection with. Yeah, no way. Yeah, zero. But Etienne, I bet he does. 
Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, he's thrown more complete passes to ETN than anybody else on that offense. Facts. You know? So, yeah. There you go. There you go. There you have it. Well, that that'll be a that'll be a fun game on Saturday night. I've got the I've got the Packers kind of going away with it. Uh, you know, maybe like a, you know, 30 to 20 game. It's a mega game. And then and then we move to Sunday. Rams versus Bucks. Rams, you know, I, I really liked the Rams last week. I didn't even think that the Cardinals I'm obviously had a shot, but I really liked the Rams last week. And of course, Tom Brady, this can this Brady magic continue? Dude, it could, but the Rams are playing legit football right now. Like, I I thought they'd beat Arizona, but I didn't think they were gonna do that. Like they came in and beat the brakes off them. And yeah. beating on them's a little bit different than beating up on Philly. Yes. Like they dominated. They have a really good defense. They have that pass rush. They have a lockdown corner who can take Mike Evans out of the game because he's built like that with that size speed combination. And I don't know who you're gonna see slow them down on the box defense. And Cam Akers being added on that looks fantastic. I, I think they're gonna be really good. I think the Rams come in and they shock a lot of people. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I I'm not sure if uh, if if they can come in and, and and do it or not. I do know that the Bucks are you know walking wounded at this point. They're, you know, everybody's on the injury report. Shape. Their running backs are all on the on the injury report. Obviously, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are. You know, that's like you can just make a list of of uh, worse got hurt. Like my gosh, you know, there's and just the Rams a lot. Are healthy. They are healthy, man, and, and, and they 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 laid it on uh, Arizona. I mean, I, at one point I looked, it was like you know Stafford had like 180 yards passing, and uh, Kyler had seven. You know, yeah. I was like, what is going on in this game? You know, I didn't I didn't see it live. I watched it uh, on replay. But, you know, you w- went back and it wasn't pretty. Um, it just Odell, wasn't. Odell, man. Yeah. Is looking, Odell looks like Odell again. And it's yeah. awesome. And that, with the way Cooper Cup's played this year, that mm-hmm. opens up everything. Yeah. Like, I, I think they're going to win. And I'm pretty confident in it. I can't mm-hmm. go against my man Brady, but, um, you know, but it, it, it could it, end here for he, sure. They'll be at home, and that's kind of the, the key he, to it all. You pulled, out, you pulled out the Bucks jersey as soon as the Patriots got eliminated, didn't you? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't do that. But I am cheering for Brady. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people, it was like the thing when he left is like, are you for him against him? I'm like, I'm for him. What the fuck are you crazy? What do you mean against him? The dude gave me the 20 greatest years in sports history. Like, what do you, how could you be against him? What, yeah. Because he went to a different team. That doesn't even make sense to me. Like, if I don't understand it. If you're a yeah, Patriots he's my fan guy. and against Brady, you don't deserve to be a fan of a good team. Yeah. Like what and the hell? You're an, you're an asshole. Like it, <clears throat> he did more for that team than any player ever in football. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, like we're so spoiled, you know, like like we lose this game. We're like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like like we lost this past week. I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, we're fine. Whatever. Doesn't even matter. But meanwhile, like, you know, Cowboy fans are just like, you know, beside themselves. And I get it. We were there at one point, you know. But yeah, the way that we ran with Brady was was unbelievable. And, and he ran that way last year in the playoffs, too. Right. Like he is clutch as hell. And that team's going to be ready to go. They're going to yeah. be prepared. And, I, you know. I would not put it past them. They do have a great defense. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's going to be another great game. And speaking of great games, I well before we move on, I just want to Cam Akers told you so. Everybody, I was as the moment he popped his Achilles, I said I would trade a twenty-two first for him. 
right then. I was like, what are you crazy? He's going to be back. Like this is not, I mean, and, and if he doesn't come back, okay, great. That's an injury risk. You're willing to take, you know, what's a risk drafting a player in a rookie draft. That's a risk. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. You have no idea what the hell you're going to get, but I know Cam Akers is a good player. I know he's an elite running back prospect. I know there isn't an elite running back prospect in this 22 draft. There's some good ones. We'll get there in just one moment. But, you know, Cam Akers, you know, now going for multiple firsts, people are asking whether or not the 22 1.01 or Cam Akers and Cam Akers winning goals like that. I'll take him over 101. Yeah, the value is now spiking. And I would too, by the way, at this point. I mean, it's it's harder to pay that because I would have paid, you know, the, the 22 seconds that people were selling him for. Uh, you know, I, as soon as he popped his Achilles, which was treason. So I, I traded him away like two days after he popped his Achilles. I was on a heavy contender. And yeah. I needed an elite player. I also had Derrick Henry, who I just like, I needed a player badly. So I traded him away. It ended up coming second. And I'm real bitter about it now. If you got a player that's different, people who yeah, are trading I, him for a pick is ridiculous. Oh, no. I, tra- I, tra- I traded him. CEH and a couple picks for Dalvin. Like it was the right call yeah. at the time. It didn't yeah. work out. I still have Dalvin, which is great. But yeah, as a dynasty person, and I love Cam Akers. I'm a sad Florida State fan. Like Cam Akers is one of the few things I have to hold on to in the league. Like I love Cam Akers. He's awesome. But it, you have Kelvin so Benjamin good. too. Kelvin Benjamin, right? Shh. What? He's is not he, good. He's not the league anymore, is he? <laughs> I, I know. I'm just joking. He's a, is he a retired tight end or receiver? I don't know. <laughs> I think they're moving him to tackle. Oh, that might be it. He keeps gaining weight. They're just going to keep moving him in inside. You know, he's there to kick him in. He goes from wide to receiver to tight end. They're moving him in to tackle. I'm for it. Real good agility they, for uh, a tackle, listen, you know? Listen, Cal- Calvin Benjamin, <laughs> I don't care how terrible he did, he caught the game-winning touchdown in the natty. He's always, he's, always, he's always got a good spot, place in my heart. That got him drafted. That was got, like the moment. They were like, he's the best in the world. There yeah, he is. Yeah, dude. But I'll always love him, but mm, he's a little rough. I, I I, I didn't think he was that guy either coming out, but it's all right. Well, I'm still going to be grandstanding, victory lapping, and everything Cam Akers oh, yeah. next year. I mean, here he is playing on a, you know, <clears throat> basically a just rehabbed uh, Achilles. I'm sure he's now got all off season to get ready. He's going to be a monster next year, and it's clear. They, they're they playing him over everybody else right now, and he just fucking got back. Like, yeah, I mean, he, yeah he's going to be the he's going to be I mean, the workhorse next Stoney year. Sony Michelle is just the most average running back you'd have. Yes. So I understand starting Cam Akers. I have a hard time. I'm at 16 now, and I, I don't know how I can move him up, but I want to. Yeah, I know. I like, know. I'm having like, a really, really hard time moving him up. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where like, I'm, passing, I'm passing him for Zeke and Nick Chubb, like guys like that. Definitely over difficult. Zeke. Yeah, probably. I probably yeah, move Zeke definitely now. over Zeke. Yeah, yeah. You got to move him way up. Um, like, you know, I think I had him. Let me see where I have him. Even two weeks ago, before he played a snap, I had him. Uh, where do I have him? I had him at uh, nine before this. Okay. Yeah, I had him at nine before uh, all this. I love it. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I the, I have no questions about Cam Akers. Zero questions except no, will his Achilles tendon prevent him from playing football again? And I thought that was a very low chance. I just didn't. Like, once you see Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Kevin Durant, like O.J. Howard, uh, this Kenny and, and whatever his name is for, for Minnesota, like young, old, different positions yep. are all just coming right back from the Achilles. Like, 
the 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 Achilles thing. Five if you months? were the person who said that that no no running back has ever come back, you're a fucking moron. That's what you are. You're a moron. You're a you're a sheep because you just repeated some shit you said you you heard instead of actually looking at the list of names and going, oh, all of the guys that you're talking about were shit bags or thirty year old washed players. That's the list of running backs. It wasn't like all these stud guys who went out in their prime. That never happened. And you know even. Cam Akers wasn't a stud in his prime. He was still a young player. So we've Cam never Akers really seen anything like this before ever this, in history. That's the thing. Like all the all the people who like posted that shot, that is like, oh, this, all the doctors who's like, oh, yeah. no running backs come back from that. And then there was always like an asterisk, like no running back who's 22 years old did this. Like, no, yes, we don't know. Everything's different. Yes. Every person's different. Like he came back so fast. Yes. Yeah. Like it's absolutely. absurd. Terrell Suggs, the famous Baltimore Raven, came back the same year on a torn Achilles years ago and played in the playoffs. Suggs is a monster. Like I don't, he did I, don't I, I think he was a robot. Like I'm just saying, yeah. it, it's been repeated. Kobe played basketball after it. He was like fucking 45 years old. You know, I mean, it's like these guys come Kobe back. Kobe was just, shooting free throws after he tore it in the same game. Like that man was. He was asking for some duct tape. He was like, "Just tape this shit up. I'll be fine. I'm fine. Yeah, whatever. I'll still go for 80." But dude, Akers is I'm so impressive for it, and he's yeah. everything. He's everything McVay wants in a running back. Yes, like when you see players like perfect fits with coaches. He catches the ball. He runs hard between the tackles. He has he has game breaking speed. He's the complete package for that. And he's like, basically the same age as most of the prospects in this draft right now. So let that sink in. Like, he's gonna be twenty two. Yeah, I, I keep I always have my rankings up during podcasts, and I'm just like staring at this now, and I'm like, should I move him up more? Yeah, like move him all the way up. One spot. Because I'm going to move him up, too, and I've got him at nine. I'm moving him up. It's moving up time, baby. Uh, once we've seen him play, now it's like it's a solved equation. He's going to yeah. play. You now he's a player. He's a player in the NFL, and he happens to be fucking Cam Akers. Move his ass up. Yep. Speaking of moving up, we're moving on to what I might call the fucking Super Bowl. This might be the Super Bowl. This might be the two best teams. One of these teams is going to go home. Bills at Chiefs. Man, the Bills absolutely trounced my Patriots. I am not feeling bad about this Patriots season. I went into that game not thinking we were going to win the game. Um, you know, I didn't. I, I wasn't like crushed that we lost. I mean, it was pretty embarrassing the way we lost. But actually, you know, you watch that game again, and everything went everything went the Bills' way, including the fact they had Josh Allen and the other team didn't. Josh Allen was fucking amazing. Every throw was like he was cutting through the cold weather. Like his ball looked right on point with accuracy. Everything was amazing. He was breaking tackles, breaking off runs. I mean, unbelievable. The Patriots got pushed around, which I did not necessarily see coming, but the offensive line and defensive line of the Bills was way better, way more physical. The Bills are for real. Now, but they have to go into Kansas City and play a team with, the, in my opinion, the best quarterback on the planet in Patrick Mahomes. This is going to be so much fun. I mean, can oh you ask for, could you ask for a better quarterback matchup in the playoffs than this? Like no. at this point in time. Like <laughs> no. this this is incredible. This is what playoff football is seeing these two guys. And Josh Allen is just ascending. Like uh I, I live in Steel Nation. My girlfriend, her entire family's from like northern PA closer to Buffalo. So like I'm around a lot of Bills fans. I get to watch a lot of Bills games because of it. And like seeing him evolve as a passer and like grow into his skill set. It's incredible. But it's unbelievable. I like the Bills because I like what the Bills offense does more than what the Chiefs offense does from like a schematic standpoint. 
because I think they're more versatile and they do a lot more. The Chiefs offense goes through two guys. Like you have zero question. Jerick McKinnon and Travis Kelsey. Oh God, I forgot about Jerick. Like, holy so shit, weird. dude. I can't weird. wait. I can't wait. Jerick McKinnon was fucking dope. First of all, it, how the hell? I, Could I, I you imagine that. this team if they had like J.K. Dobbins or Swift, especially specifically Swift, but even Jonathan Taylor, let's say. I mean, what a fucking epic whiff at the running back position when you have these four elite running back talents and they just go get this short, slow guy from fucking LSU. It's fucking bullshit. Jared McKinnon in that game, you watch the game. You're like, oh, this is what a fast, shifty, explosive back looks like in the most high powered offense in the league. What did he yeah. catch? 81 yards and ran for another 80, like scored a touchdown. Like he was awesome. And, and Jared he's McKinnon's only Jared who, McKinnon. Yeah. A guy who couldn't stay on a team who everybody just loved because he had a good combine. Right. Like he's I, I love call, too, he's a combine player. He's a combine guy's that trade, Mike. But yeah, it, you're right. It shows what an epic whiff they made there as first round pick. He, he looked really good, McKinnon did. And yeah. if he's going to play like that the rest of the way, he only has to stay healthy for what? two more games now, whatever, three more games, um, then then they've got something there because they've got the thunder with Daryl Williams. Like he's able to really kind of run it up in the middle there. And McKinnon, man, he was, he just looked really good. I mean, if you don't, if you didn't watch that game and come away with the fact that the the guy wearing number one was fucking all over the place, uh, you missed the game. Yeah. Like the chief, the chiefs, the bills are kind of made for the chiefs. Like they kind of built their team, their defense to face them. Like, you have a lockdown corner, Trey White, who he's not going to shut down Tyreek Hill because that's impossible. But, like, he's going to do a really good job against him. Right. That lets you double-team Kelsey, and then you shut down the run. Like, I'm going to let – if they're smart, you let Nicole Hardman and Byron Pringle try to beat you. I like the Chiefs here. I really do. I think, uh, you I, know, Demarcus Robinson, Pringle, and Hardman – um, I think are good enough, you know, four, you know, four, five, and six options on a team where Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and McKinnon, Williams, the whole thing. I just, I like them. I, I really do. I like the Chiefs at home. Um, I think it's going to be the, I think it's the matchup of the best two teams in the NFL right now. I really do. I really think they're the two best teams in the league. The Bills looked so good at home. Um, against a pretty good defense in the Patriots, although they've they've kind of wiped the Patriots' ass like I, I, two I, games I, in a row. But I, you know, I almost, I almost bought tickets, man, and made the trip this weekend. Then I saw it was negative five degrees on yeah, the trip. They're only thirty five. They're only thirty five bucks. <laughs> what about like, uh? What about the take that I I put on the show sheet? Do you think these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, or is that a little bit too ambitious for in real life? In real life, real I life, right like, now. Mahomes, yeah. I think it's a th- – yeah, probably. I want to say it's a three-man race. Rogers and Brady? I mean, I mean, uh, I'm talking no. like right oh, this we're second. Not, oh, like this second, not Dynasty? No, 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 no. Oh, not, like not, not, real- not Dynasty. Like real life yeah. right this fucking second. I think those two, and I think Rogers is there. Rogers is flawless this year, man. Yeah. And I know Rogers has that wide receiver, but I feel like he's not – doesn't have the surrounding talent – that these guys have in the systems for him. Like these guys have like, it's close. And 
I think Justin <clears throat> They're certainly Herbert. the most exciting and prolific, right? Like right. you could make a case for Brady and, and Rogers for sure, but Brady is, you know, I mean, I, he's just he's a statue player. I mean, he's just, you know, a, a surgeon. And Rogers, like you said, is just so like perfect and flawless. He doesn't make mistakes and you know, he he's that kind of player at this particular he, point. He, he wasn't trans- very prolific, right? You know, he's transformed into like he's what the team needed him to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Like he's, he's still probably top two MVP candidate, if not the top MVP candidate. He's going to win the MVP, right? And yeah, yeah he should. And I think it. Brady, like I said, think it should be Brady, of course. But he did that in not a prolific year. Yeah, he's awesome, and he's lit- he literally has two running backs in Devontae Adams. Yeah, like that's it. Adams yeah. is incredible, but you know what? The other two quarterbacks we were talking about have a top tier wide receivers too. Yeah. But yeah, I really, I really like these two teams, and it's a shame one of them's got to lose. And and then you go next week, and they play either you know Tennessee or or Cincinnati. You know, I'm gonna like whoever comes out of this game to go to the Super yeah, Bowl. I, I mean, this too. is yeah. I mean, uh, by kind of a lot too. Like whoever wins this game, I just really, really like them next week. Yeah, I do too. I think you're right. This is the t- this is the game of the two teams of the team who's going to Super Bowl. Yeah, man. I mean, holy smokes. So this is the last 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 game of the week. I'm I'm super excited. And then, you know, you mentioned it. Who is your quarterback one in Dynasty? I'm I'm really flip flopping. Like it's something it's so liquid right now. Like Would you I'm, say it's between Allen and Mahomes? And Herbert. And Herbert. There you I, go. I love you just Herbert. made the Dynasty Nemesis very, very Dude, proud. I love Herbert. I have him in my I have him in my one spot right now. Oh, and I'm not fully confident in it, but I feel like Herbert's doing this production in fantasy with a little bit less. And I think this is something that could really, really change. Like we're seeing him on the verge of exposure. If you look at Josh Allen's timeline as a starter, he struggled his first year starting. He completed like 58% of his passes, if that. And yeah. he was all through a lot of picks. He was all over the place. We didn't see that with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert came in, was absolutely unreal. He was fantastic this year. Like, he was throwing the ball around like crazy. He finished, he averaged one point less in fantasy than Josh Allen per game. Like 1.3%, like 1.3 points less a game than him. Like, He's right. He's on that cusp. Like he's there. He's young, and this is an offense and a team that's improving. They have the most. They have the either the most or second most cast space in the league. So the chance of them bringing in a top tier wide receiver in free agency, which is a good bit of them, is really high. Imagine Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, which means Devonta Adams leaving Green Bay. Devonta Adams is a free agent. Wouldn't you be really happy if you were Devonta Adams to get the highest paid receiver in the league? and go with Justin Herbert. Like, that's literal possibility. Like, that's something I would be confident in seeing happen. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I know there's a, a contingent of listeners of my show who are fist-pumping you right now, just looking you up and wanting to give you a big hug and a kiss because there's some Herbert fans uh, in, in the in the listener in the listener group for sure. Um, but uh, I still have Mahomes. I was, I was going to give you the cop-out answer of, Mahomes in six point and Josh Allen in four point passing touchdown leagues because you know obviously the rushing upside of of Allen is unbelievable. He just looked so good. He was breaking tackles and he looked as big as like he broke a tackle uh, from Christian Barmore in this in this game this past week. Barmore's house. 
he looked bigger than him. I was like, Barmore's fucking 6'4", 290. Like, he just, I don't know, he shrugged him. He was like, whatever, dude. I was like, what the fuck, Josh Allen? Like, he looks great out there. It, so it felt, it felt like all season he held back on his rushing. For sure. They, like, yeah. saved it for the playoffs, and they faced the Patriots in the playoffs. They're like, we'll let Josh Allen just go, dude. It's right? all or nothing. Like, it, if, if it, it awesome. if, Gun to his head. If he was, if you were like, listen, you need to rush for fifteen hundred yards this season, or you're, you yeah. know, you're gonna die. He'd be like, yeah, no problem, that's fine. I'll just do there, that. There's literally only one quarterback who I'm more confident running the ball than him. That's it. He's he's so good, and he he, he does it in in the sort of the rhythm of the game, mm-hmm. which I think is even far more dangerous because he's got such a big arm. He stretches the field in so many ways. He's he's the most difficult quarterback to match up against because when he's on. It's You're ab- absolutely. He's his apex game. I think is the best. How's that? Yeah, does that make sense? That. Yeah, when he's on, there's nobody better. There's no better because think, you can't stop it. I feel like he does have lapses every once in a while. No fucking doubt, man. Like he yeah. has like consistency lapses every once yes. in a while. But when he's on, <laughs> yeah, his his a game is the best in the league. I think, but uh, kind of almost. You can't even talk me out of it. Like, I don't even understand it. Like, he's definitely that. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm I, with you. I think there's six quarterbacks and then a huge drop-off after that. Yeah. State. Like, you can even make arguments for some of the other guys. They may not be as strong, but you can make them. Yeah. Like, Lamar, Kyler, Joe Burrow, you can make arguments there. I don't know if they're there yet, but they could be. Yeah, I'm with you. Joe like, Burrow, fucking A. I mean, uh, he's tied to these two weapons, too, for at least the next three years or whatever. You know, it's like... You know, they're, he's going to have Higgins and Chase, and I don't think they're going to let those guys go either. I mean, I think it's going to be Higgins, Chase, Burrow for, yeah, you know, five, six years easy. I mean, right? You know, so Burrow's insulated J- by J- weapons. Him and Jamar Chase are going to be there for – they're going to retire there. Like, Right. I mean – Unless they yeah. do some bullshit like they did with A.J. Green. He should have retired there. But that's the yeah. story. I think, I think Lamar can pop back <laughs> in that conversation soon too. Not like from a homer standpoint, but like that offense re- without a run without running backs really struggled this year. I know, you know they we've, were number uh, two in rushing. Yeah, but they yeah. that was mainly Lamar. Like Devontae Freeman ain't it? There's a big difference. Teams not respect team. If I'm a defense, I'm just playing the pass and letting Devontae Freeman beat me. You get yeah. J.K. Dobbs and Gus Edwards back. Different game. There's pl- it's a different game, and yeah. Lamar's back in that conversation. Yeah, Dobbins is so good too. Dobbins don't so don't sleep good. on Dobbins; he'll be fine. I I, have I do tend to fade. Yeah, I put him behind spot. him, and, and the main reason is the pass catching and the injury type. You know, Achilles is sort of a binary thing: either you come back or you don't. When you come back, it doesn't seem like there's this really like you know ramp up. Where ACL, it's like that one year back. It's like, oh yeah, remember that was the year back from the ACL. Like we've seen yeah. it with Dalvin, we've seen it with Saquon, we've just seen it. Many times where the year after the ACL, it's not exactly, I don't know. You know there's some issues there and he, he might be at a timeshare. Like, so yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd be dubious of JK next year. And I love JK Dobbins. So don't yeah. take that the wrong way. It, it's fair. And like, luckily it was like early enough in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I, dude, I want nothing more, nothing more than have JK Dobbins back uh, to yeah, where yeah, he yeah. belongs. Cause he's that much of a stud. I, speaking, I'm so excited for him to come back. Speaking of stud running backs. Who we're gonna go? We're, we we're gonna go to the prospects now because this is why I had you on. We talked for like an hour. People love it. Don't even worry about it. We're gonna talk prospects now, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit it. 
Um, and this is why people tune in. By the way, welcome all new listeners. I saw a spike in, my, in our in our listenership last week because it's the first week after the. You even mentioned on the pre-show, you're like, I hate doing fucking weekly podcasts during it's the season. The it's just such a grind and. So, you know, this is the time where it's so much more fun to talk because it's more prognostication, more information can be gathered. It's just fucking way more fun. And so people like listening more too. And I saw it. So all y'all, all y'all listeners were finally to the point you've been all waiting for, which is the, the prospects. And we're going to get to that with Ryan Searfoss right now. So I will ask without further ado, simple and straightforward. Who's your RB one in this class? If you know, starting now, you, you know, okay. Who, who um, you got right now. I have Isaiah Spillers, my running back one. Um, so I'm just going to put it this close. So I grade my players on a grading scale of 100. He's an 89.65 and Kenneth Walker's an 89. Like they're that close. They're less than a point apart. I think Kenneth Walker's the safer of the two running backs. Like I don't think you can go wrong with either. I think Kenneth Walker's more uh, landing slot proof. I think he is scheme versatile. He has that breakneck speed. He can handle a workload of 20-plus carries. He can catch the ball. He's he's the full package. Hmm. Isaiah Spiller, he's got the size-speed combination. I think he's a little bit more – I, I kind of want to see him in a split more. Like I don't want him getting – 60% of the carry. Like, I don't want to see him getting more than 60% of the carries. Like, I don't want to see him at more than more than like 220 carries a year. Like, I don't want to see him that high. I think Spiller is amazing. I think he's creative space. He runs fantastic routes. His hands are unbelievable. Uh, he's awesome finding cutback lanes. He the only thing you'll see is sometimes like when he runs, he tries to do those cutbacks too often when the hole's not there and tries to make sure it's not there. But man, his skill set's so complete. That's what I really like about him. And like I said, Walker's so close. He does everything, man. He's again, solid hands. He's so creative running the ball. Like his cuts and the way he makes guys miss an open field is just, it's embarrassing what he does to people when he strings moves together. He's so fun to watch. Like I, absolutely enamored by these two backs so that's pretty interesting right so um it, i i i looked at this um i think i shared it with you today the nfl mock draft database right. and on that it basically you know takes all of the mock drafts uh for the nfl that are out there it puts them into this thing and and and, and gives you the consensus of what those what that data shows and Kenneth Walker right now goes off at pick 45, Brees Hall 53, Spiller 55. So they have them very close, all three, the top three backs, and they're all very close. You seem to like Spiller and Walker ahead of Brees Hall, apparently. We'll get to Brees Hall in a moment right now, as a matter of fact, because here's what I did. I sent out a poll uh, on Twitter. Uh, 529 people voted, so pretty good sample size. I said, in Dynasty – who are you taking in your dynasty rookie draft? Brees Hall, Spiller, or Walker? Care to guess what those results looked like, Mr. Sirfoss? Uh, I bet it went Hall, Walker, Spiller. The complete opposite of me. Yeah, and how many? How uh, Hall? Brees was number one. How how, ma- how much percentage of the vote you think he got? Forty. It was seventy-three percent. Well, shit. It was seventy-three, seventeen, ten, and it went Hall, Spiller, Walker. 73, 17, 10. I mean, he dominated this poll. 
the yep. dynasty community seemingly has Brees Hall comfortably at the 1.01. And when I talked to people, I talked to Felix last week, he did not have Brees Hall, you know, easily the 101. He liked Isaiah Spiller a lot as well. I wasn't sure. I think I got Brees Hall there, but I like Kenneth Walker a lot. And I, 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 I guess the point is here, we have a three-man race, don't we? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's a decent size drop-off after those three. Yeah. And I think with these three, landing spot matters a lot. For sure. Um, the thing that keeps Brees Hall down from them and from those other guys is – I think he's a little bit more. I don't think he's as scheme versatile as them. I think he's more of a grinded out runner. Like I can see him getting a ton of volume somewhere, but I don't know if it's going to be as efficient as some of these guys. Because we saw, we saw like him against ranked opponents kind of disappear. Like yeah. versus Oklahoma, fifty eight yards on nineteen carries. I don't love that. Like, and that's the bad one the second best team they've faced the year in 16 against 69 against their other top defense. Like the three top 15 teams they played his most yards was 70 yards in the game. And I don't love that. Um, and the way that Walker and Spiller are in the passing game, I think that's what separates them for me. Like Brees Hall can do dump offs in a solid in that sense, but you're not going to see him running wheel routes. You're not going to see him split out wide. Like you'll see Spiller, and Walker. And that's what I like. I want to back is a little bit versatile because that caps you. Like we love David Montgomery coming out and yeah. David Montgomery is a really good fantasy player, but he's his ceiling is capped because he's a little bit more one dimensional. And I think that's where we see Brees Hall at. He's a little bit more limited than his other two. Like I have, like I, I put notes on my players and mainly it's all positives, negatives. I have very few negatives for him. I think he's, good at everything but i don't he think he has that like one elite thing like these other guys have fair enough what what, what do you see with kenneth walker uh because i i really love watching him play um as a, a from an analytical perspective he didn't catch enough passes ever in his career which really limits his potential upside at the next level we've seen it time and time again targets more valuable than than carries by quite a bit uh, if he's not targeted at the next level, his ceiling is capped in a major way. I'm not saying he can't catch, but he hasn't. Uh, what do you like about Kenneth Walker? That's that's the thing with college football. It's absolutely crazy. How many times have we said that about a player? Remember we said Jonathan Taylor can't catch the ball. Yeah, but he did catch passes and he was great at it. And I, I've him. debunked that myth. Well, that, know, was, that was that was that was narrative. That wasn't was that wasn't narrative. fact. He caught but passes. He, hey, it wasn't a high volume. It, but listen, it was a high volume in that Wisconsin offense. He, he caught enough passes. That was the thing about Jonathan Taylor. In his, uh, in his uh, junior year, Jonathan Taylor had five touchdown catches. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had one touchdown catch ever. Like, th- this was nonsense. Like, so I, 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 you know, I don't mean to push back on JT, no, but, you're- you know, I've, I, I've done that research. That's the one spot that I've done, man, is, is it because I think. Catching the football translates. You know, look at Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. How, uh, let, me, let me look up Zeke. You, have, I'm, right, I'm right here. His Tell me. Mo- his most catches in a season in college was 28. That's that's plenty. Right. Anything I, over 20, 25, that's great. We had Walker catch 18 this year, which is – or sorry, 13. Yep, 13. But 18 for the career, right? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, 19 for the career. 
Yeah. But that was one year at Michigan State. The other at Wake Forest is kind of a joke. It is. Uh, but the thing is, Etienne's another. So Etienne didn't catch passes till his junior year. Like his I'll, first g- I'll give you the example. Set. I'll give you the example. Everybody tells me, like every scout that you ever hear talk about Derrick Henry, say he's a great pass catcher. Okay. Does he catch passes in the NFL? No. I, I, I didn't, I'm not doing it. Sometimes it's the utility of a player. Like, you can tell me that Kyron Williams is able to run between the tackles. However, and I might agree, let's say we all agree, every single one of us, Kyron Williams can run between the tackles. If the NFL team he goes to doesn't run him between the tackles, guess what? He's not going to run between yep. the tackles. Sure. You know, so it's sometimes it's the utility of the player, not necessarily what they can or can't do. It, look, if a college coach didn't trust him, quote-unquote, to catch the football – Maybe the NFL team won't either. I absolutely adore watching this kid run, but I am a little bit nervous. And I didn't mean to cut you off when no, you were using, using the JT comparison, but you know, even JT, let me just go back here. He caught 26 balls his, his junior year. Uh, you know, I mean, that's enough. Like the, 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 the metric sort of shows if a guy can get 20 or 25, you know, some use 30. I think that's quite a bit, but, you know, anywhere in that 20 to 25 or more in a single season, if he has multiple seasons over that, that usually shows that he can catch the football. I like to okay. see yards per carry a little bit too there, I mean, or catch, you know, because yeah. I mean, a couple little screens that go nowhere, it seems like that's bullshit. But if you can actually catch it and move the ball down the field, then you can catch the football and move the ball down the yeah. field, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Michigan State, their yeah. offense was literally only him running the ball. 264 times this year. Yeah. Like the offense is that their leading receiver had 59 catches. That's it. There you go. Like they, this is a lot of it is the offense he's in. I truly believe that with him. Like Michigan state football is not airing it out. Other than back when they had Kirk Cousins, maybe, which they still didn't very much that long. Like that's just how their offense is. They had an inefficient passer and you know what? Nobody stopped him running the ball. So why not go to it? He has a skill set and does a lot of the way his acceleration is. He's going to work well in screen passes. He's going to work out well in dump offs. He doesn't need to be lined up outside as a wide receiver to be really efficient. He just has to be able to catch decent passes. Like what you see Leonard Fournette do this year. And he can be efficient. I mean, Leonard Fournette was a wide receiver in high school. I, I, again, I'm going to push back. Again, he didn't run, but he didn't do a lot of that in college. Pass catcher in college. Like that's we're looking at this. It's what the skill set set shows, and what he can do. Like the way he can turn it around is what impresses me. Like how yeah, he can. Fournette did not did not crest that. Although he did have. I mean, just to give you an example, like you know, Fournette had 127 yards his freshman year receiving 127. Okay. 253, and then 146. Not a ton. But Kenneth Walker had 89 receiving yards this year. Yeah. Like, you know, even still, you know, it's very, very hard to paint the picture of Kenneth Walker as a pass catcher. And again, I'm not saying he can't or can. And I don't like to make excuses for guys one way or the other. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the That's day, right. we got to get this shit right for for fantasy. And here's the thing. It's like, you know, every, every week I listen to um, – uh, it's the Ian Hart. It's one where they do the uh, the the they, they review the 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 usage. You know how much of the third down work, how much of the long down and distance. I mean, every week you can see these these coaches are using uh, uh, you know uh, formations and 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 player groupings that uh, that are that are preset. You know they don't they don't kind of wing it. They're like, yeah, get Kenneth Walker in there now. It's like he's either on the third down 
team or not. He's either on two minute or he's not. He's either on long down a distance or he's not. You're either right. in short yardage or you're not. And yeah, you know, th- those are, those are depth chart things. It's not just who's the RB one. It's who's the RB one in two minute. Who's the RB one in third and long. Who's the RB one in third and fourth and short. Like that's a fucking real thing. They don't wonder who's going in. They know. And yeah. unless you can crest the top of the depth chart on all of those things, you're you're not going to and you know we, we've seen it time and time again with either small backs or backs who didn't catch the ball in, in, in college and you know i love kenneth walker i am super afraid that he's going to be you know i mean look it's nick chubb right i mean nick chubb is that same player but you got to be nick chubb Derek henry to be you yeah. know uh to beat the odds otherwise you're just a grinder you know and and i'm not saying he is or isn't and i'm certainly ready to ask the question speaking of which that's when you still, see him, way, do you think you've got a do you think way. do you think you've got a Chubb level prospect or at least no. somewhere sniffing Chubb in order? No. That's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> to get to get <laughs> to get no, close I'm enough. Not, I'm not sniffing any Chubbs on that. Uh, <laughs> oh, we've got the show title. <laughs> we've got the show title. <laughs> Hell no, no. He's not. No, there's no running back in this class. I view in that right like i think he could sniff top 12 yeah i don't think he could be a top five yeah Uh, i have isaiah spiller as my top running back because of receiving ability yes he caught 25 balls but he was third on the team receptions and the most was 47 again another team that just didn't pass and they had atrocious quarterback play but he showed he could do it really well in the way they in the way they used him in formations Gets me so excited. Like yeah. that's why Isaiah Spiller is my number one over all these guys. Because no matter what team he goes to, he's going to have a role. As because yeah. that's where the running backs go. Like if you look at the top twenty-five running backs right now in fantasy, or like top producers this year, it's other than like Jonathan Taylor and weirdly James Conner. Everybody can and Nick Chubb. Everybody catches the ball. Eckler catches the ball. Mixon catches the ball. Harris catches it. Zeke catches a good bit of ball still. Like Alkmaar, like it's what thrives in the NFL, and that's what Isaiah Spiller does targets. better. Yeah, yep, targets, yep. and that's what he does better than any prospect in this draft out of the running backs, and that's why he's my RB one is because of pass catching. And, and, and so, if he's your RB one, I mean, you know, I don't know how long you've been doing this. I I kind of go back to you know I've been playing fantasy football for a long time, but I haven't really been grading and ranking incoming rookie prospects. You know, sort of specifically since I started in the, the Dalvin cook, Christian McCaffrey class. Okay. And so for me, I kind of can go back further than that, but I can't really think about how I saw them as incoming prospects specifically on a grading sense. How far back do you go? And, and more importantly, where does Isaiah Spiller rank uh, amongst those players? Cause for me, they just, none of them, none of them touch uh, any of the sort of elite level prospects. Like, Cook and Mixon and Dobbins, Acres, they're not that high. No, he would have been like last year's class. He'd probably been fourth for me. I'd have probably had him right before CEH. You mean like, two years ago? Oh god, that was two years ago. Um, <laughs> wow. I, last year funny. was Najee, Etienne, yeah, right. and Javante. I had him. I would have had him behind Javante. I would have had him behind Javante. Uh, yeah. You know what? I feel like the. As a consensus, a lot of people weren't as high as Javante as they are now. Like, not even close. Yeah. Like, he obviously, been, this, the listeners of this show know that this show was on Javante the whole time. 
Yeah. He, he was he was an RB3 coming in. Yeah. I'll admit that. Uh, but he would have been right around that, probably a little. I'm a sucker for pass catchers. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and with you. I think he's a better pass catcher than uh, Javante. I think he's a better pass catcher than Etienne. I do believe that, but I don't know if he's a better. I don't think he's a better runner than them. Right, right. And like that's the difference. Year before, probably fourth. Year before that was what Barkley, uh, Barkley's class, probably like third or fourth in this class. It's just this class is a little bit softer, and it's puts him, yeah, in the top spot. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like you know, you know having the 101 is not exactly like that awesome. And, you know, it, it, it sort of is, um, like the uh, equivalent, uh, it, look, obviously in a super flex, it changes too, but it, you know, having that 101 is probably like having a mid first in most other drafts. Um, and I'm not saying that's a good thing uh, or a bad thing. So that, that, that question would, I'll quickly ask you, would you be drafting a wide receiver over these three guys or is Isaiah Spiller your 1.01? I honestly, without landing spot, this year, I have zero clue when I'm paying the 101. I'm trading the 101. Like, yeah, if you can, right? You can. If there's, you can always trade the 101 for way more yeah. than it's worth, no yeah. matter what. Even in a weaker class, like I have zero confidence in the quarterbacks this class. Like we only have the quarterbacks listed. I have no confidence in any of them. Yeah. Like Kenny Pickett's my top one, and he'd been behind Mac Jones last year. And right. he was my like he had been my QB six. Like I don't have confidence in this class, which I know it's super flex. You want that quarterback in the first spot, but I don't feel confident with it. If somebody else wants it, I'm trading to him. Like right. you can get more that you can get a better player for the 101 than you deserve to get. Right. Yep. So I'm, tra- I'm trading back and trading getting rid of it. Like there's zero chance I want the 101. I had no first this year. Across eight dynasty leagues, I don't own a single first. And wow. if I did, I'd trade back. I've traded every single one. I went all in. I, I like this class for depth. I don't love it for elite players. And yeah. I like to build my teams around elite players and trading first. Like, I can trade 105 and get DJ Moore, and I'd rather have DJ Moore. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. But I, I feel like it's really boring to say this, but it's the truth. Like, I like this class a lot. I do. There's a lot of guys I like. Like, I like all these running backs we have. I don't know if they're going to be elite, and I'd rather take chances with that. Yeah. Or like second, third year guys. I, I don't disagree. I think, you know, uh, yeah, if you can turn one of these guys, the the hope that Brees Hall is the 101, like whoever loves him there or whatever, into, you know, a player that you would take a bu- – see, that's the thing. Like what happens in Dynasty Leagues is like if you were to draft these guys in and among a startup draft, you know, you would take Brees Hall after Cam Akers, yet you could yep. get – Cam Akers for what you can get Brees Hall for. So why not just do that? You know, and exactly. you know, we so get, we get so greedy and like there's no point of it. Yeah. Like yeah. I would trade the 101 for the top 12 backs. Yes. Easily. Yes. And I'd feel really confident. Like Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, I'd trade the 101 for either of them. Eckler, right. <laughs> Eckler. Oh God. Eckler in a heartbeat. Right. DeAndre Swift in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. Like I, I hit, I hit except so fast I break my phone. Yeah, exactly. And I think most people who are probably listening to this are nodding their heads. I wonder if there's some people who sort of disagree and and why they would say that. But I'm with you 100. percent You know, it's definitely a class that doesn't have that elite upside. 
Uh, certainly, maybe at the at the wide receiver position, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, you know, the that the the, the consensus big board draft uh, that I was talking about has Kyron Williams sort of as that next player. Are, do you agree with that? I, I I hear a lot of people are really high on Kyron Williams. I've watched a little bit of film. Quite a quite a fun player to watch. He can catch the football. He can pass block. He's tough as nails. I asked Felix Sharp last week: Is he closer to um, uh, Michael Carter or Kenny Gainwell? W- where do you think he is? Closer to which guy? Michael Carter. I'd say closer to Carter. Yeah, that's. I feel go. like Kyron Williams. Good. Kyron Williams, like another one. He's like good at a lot, not great at anything. Like he can do a lot of good things and he's going to have a role. I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a full-time starter. Right. Like I really don't like, I think he could be a top tier backup running back or a 40 of a 60, 40 split and be really effective in that. Right. I don't know how much more like for the way he runs, he runs really hard and it's deceiving. And he looks like he runs bigger than he is, but right. he's less than two. He's five nine, less than two hundred pounds. Like he might get beat up running like that in the NFL. Yeah, and that's a little bit scary. I love running backs like that. But like if you look at like Devonta Freeman, this is not a comparison at all. But like he was a smaller back who ran way harder than his size should have. He got the shit kicked out of him, and his career was he missed a lot of games because of it. And I can see Kyron Williams doing that. That's interesting. And, "Quote unquote That's comp." Scary. I'm not saying you're comping them, but I like the uh, the thought process there. Yeah, I like to look back at that. You know, I mean, I've I've sort of famously done the anatomy series. I'll be releasing the 2022 version of the anatomy of a running back uh, coming out soon. But the one thing that we've seen year over year with the anatomy, we're going to see it again this year, is BMI over 30, weight over 205. You know, will he get there? Right. You know, we do want to see a little bit of weight. You know, the the outliers to that have been. You know Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey uh, over the last couple of years that, that basically elite running backs who don't hit that threshold. They all seem to hit 30 BMI, which is crazy because that's a pretty stout dude. There's some guys that you'd call big and they're they're not quite 30, you know. And so and and what's interesting, I, I did some research on this BMI situation for running backs because I was like, am, am, you know, some of it I wonder if it's noise. Right. I always wonder if what I'm putting out there is just noise. And I said, well, I better stress test this a little bit. You know, 30 BMI, when I looked at the elite running backs, uh, I think there was, it was like 18 of them were over 30. Two of them, uh, the aforementioned two, were not. So it was overwhelming. It's like 90% of these elite running backs have a BMI over 30. And then I took the data set of all running backs in the database, how many of them are over 30, and it's about 50 50. So it isn't noise at all because, you know, a lot of these backs are under 30, but all the elite ones are over, right? So it's like, well, there you go. So it is kind of a little bit predictive. And I never say like, oh, if they're over 30, draft them. It's just if they're under 30, beware. And so we're going to look at that with Kyron Williams because if he's a little too small, he might only be a third down back in the NFL and not trusted to carry the rock on on an every down basis. I think that's more valuable than than the two down grinder. But, yes. uh, right, you know, don't you agree? I do. I do. I completely agree. And he, he's just such a weird – he's a weird prospect. Like, yeah. he his contact balance is unbelievable. Like, the way he bounces off tackles. I've seen it's, it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, if you don't wrap him, you're not taking him down. And he's so creative. It stays, like, I love that about him, but there's questions. Yeah. There really is. And I think he's going to be a great second-round pick, to your point. That you know, I especially think super be, flex. Be, oh, oh, fantasy pick, yeah, second round. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, it's yeah, fantasy. I, I agree with that. I, for some reason, I went to real draft. I'm like, eh, you gotta go that high. <laughs> but no, he's he's gonna be a nice second round pick, and he's someone I'm definitely gonna take a chance on. Yeah, like, I mean, I if he have, lands in the right spot, he could be a first round pick. My goodness, you know, like Michael Carter shouldn't be the lead back in the Jets, but he did okay in that role. Yeah. Like, Kyron Williams will be really good in a timeshare, but if the number one running back in that timeshare gets hurt, Kyron Williams vaults up for that limited time. Yeah. And I think he has third down sort of pass catching, you know, because here's the other thing. if You said he doesn't do anything great. Well, the one thing he does great is pass block. You know, the, yeah, that's the that thing I keep you, hearing from every scout. The, it's like, And that keeps you on the field. Bingo. Bingo, especially on third downs, right? Which is when you can catch the ball, you know. So it's like they're they're throwing it on third down. That means he can block or run out into he, you know into a pattern. So he's my he's my highest grade for for uh, pass blocking. There you go. And uh, I do comparisons. I don't love them, but I do. I, I do love comps. I don't. Li- People don't love them, but I love them. So please I, give I it do. to me. I put Mark Ingram for him. I know he's a little bit smaller, but like he does a lot of things while the Mark Ingram did, like a hmm. younger Mark Ingram. Like he runs really hard for his size. He's a good pass catcher. He blocks. You, you feel safe with him. You may not want him taking every carry, but he does, when he does it, and if you keep that workload in a thing, it keeps him fishing. Like he's just that Swiss Army knife. I love that about him. Another pass catcher that you were wanting to talk about, and I'm glad you brought him up, was the the Dalvin Bloodline and James Cook from Georgia. Tell us a little bit about James Cook and I, and what you like and don't like here. I ha- so I haven't graded James Cook yet. I haven't put my final grades on him yet. He might move up to the five. I think he's on bias kind of Williams for me. And there's there's a slight chance I might pass Brees Hall with him. I don't know yet. I can't fully guarantee it. But I love a lot of what he does. I love. I also love that there's a very low volume for him. Like, he's not beat up. But he does so much well. He's awesome as a pass catcher. They use him all over the field he's got electric speed. He can run outside. He can run inside if need be. He's a chess piece in the NFL. I think landing spots going to matter a lot, but if you can manufacture 15 to 20 touches, uh, like how you see new Orleans manufacture touches for Kamara, obviously not to that level, but if you can see a team that can manufacture touches for him that way, he'd be a really good fantasy player. And he has a skill set where he does, where he's so electric and he's so smooth. Like it's very deceiving. He's a lot better player than he's being viewed at right now. And with so many questions in this class, he could be somebody who could really move up and surprise a lot of people. Like here's I'm, my question. Here's my question. I don't know college football. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. You can try and answer this question or you can you can phone a friend. If he's that. so good, why did Zamir White get 160 carries and James Cook got 113? Because Zamir White ain't it. <laughs> No, Samir White's not good. Um, I don't like Samir White. Um, the reason it's Georgia, like yeah. Georgia football, yep. they're built off of multiple backs. I know run, yep. multiple backs, power football. Yeah. Yep. Look when DeAndre Swift. Look at DeAndre Swift's timeshare when he was there. He was used sparingly at first. Uh, I can't think of the other back was there. Like I'm gonna he, look it the, up right now. He's all he was in a timeshare. Like that's what Georgia's done. And they like that power football, grind it out, and play action. And I, I just looked up uh, his last year, his, his last year at Georgia. It was before that he played with, I think. Um, the year, you know, yeah, his last year he had a lot of volume. The year but, before but the last year, but even the last year, listen, he had 196 carries. Brian Harrion had 103. Like, 
Swift? Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't even know who Brian Herrian is. Never heard of him. You know, never heard of him. And then Zamir White had 78. You're right. Like, he still didn't get 200 carries in 14 games. It's like, just not – Georgia has so yeah. – Georgia and Alabama have so much talent. Like, I'm not a huge analytics person. Like, I respect it. I take it into consideration. It's not end-all, be-all. But teams like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, they throw a monkey wrench into so much of it. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at Dominator rating, these schools have – more five-star recruits than some schools have three-star recruits. Right. Yeah. And it's like Najee Harris is a perfect example. He sat at Alabama for how long? Just behind talent, like absurd talent every year. And if he would have went to the Gators or like admitting or Iowa, even like a team is like borderline top 10, he would have been 300 yards. He'd have been a 300 pass, uh, 300 rush attempt guy for three straight years. But at Alabama, he was used sparingly because they just have so much talent. Georgia's a team that's on the cusp of that, and they always bring in running back talent. And that kept him off the field because they use guys situationally. I like this take. And they used him a lot as a decoy. Like, you see so many players, they had both running backs in the field, and they put him in motion, did the fake handoff to him uh, for the sweep, and they let Zamir White plunge forward for his his 4.1 yards for the cause by the offensive line. Right, yeah. But, like, his skill set's great. And I think it's really underrated because he didn't have that volume. And it's going to hurt him in the draft process. And yep. people who are smart to it are going to gobble him up in the second round yep. or even reach at the late first and be just ecstatic about it. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously landing spot, draft capital still matters. And we'll see where he goes and, and how high he gets drafted. Draft capital matters big time. You know, the yes. I, I just referenced the anatomy series. I mean, look, the anatomy does show if you're drafted high, you're probably better. So let's sure. keep an eye That's on fair. that. You know, we do look at players like, you know, James Robinson. We had him in, in the in, 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 towards the top of our rankings a couple of years ago. I had Elijah Mitchell right there towards the top last year. Uh, you know, so we, we do pay attention to the right things and we're going to find those those sleepers and I'll do it again this year. But James Cook might be a little bit little bit that guy. I mean, he yep. does uh, check a lot of boxes, um, you know, size wise. He's definitely big enough. Um, he, he does. He's got he the runs- lineage. He runs a lot like Dalvin too. Like you don't see the like if you look at him compared to Kenneth Walker, who makes yeah. these sharp cuts. Like Kenneth Walker, when he makes a move, it blows your mind. James Cook, he's full speed. He just moves a little bit, and he makes guys miss because he doesn't. He ne- his speed doesn't change. Like it's unbelievable. It looks so subtle, but it's so fast. And Dalvin does that too. It's. Like you talk about the bloodlines, their running style is very similar. He might not be as powerful as Dalvin was, but he's a damn good back. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit nervous. He's a senior. Uh, he really didn't do anything until his senior year. No. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't play over Zamir White and you know Elijah Holyfield or whomever in you know in the past years. So I, I'm a little bit dubious. Obviously, he had um, DeAndre Swift ahead of him as that sort of pass catching back because that's the role James Cook plays. I'm curious right. to see what he measures out at. I'm curious to see how he runs and, and moves as an athlete. I'd like to hope he's a little bit more than 5'11", 190, because let me just tell you, if he's 5'11", 190, actually, I won't draft him at all, because that's not going to work. Right. I've said that before. Uh, he needs to be 5'10", 195. That starts getting better or whatever. But you know, I think they did this to um, – they, they had the same measurement for Kenny Gainwell last year. It was like 5'11", 185 or something. I was like, 
that's not how big that dude is. Otherwise, we've got problems. And he ended up being like 5'9", you know, 195 or whatever it was. I don't remember. But it was way better than 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 what we what we initially saw with Gainwell. And hopefully Cook is the same thing. Cook, but, Cook doesn't look small. Right. No, I agree. And the fact that like in the national championship, like the game that matters the most, they went to him a lot. And he produced. That makes me feel good. Like when a guy does produces in games that matter, I always kind of like, I believe that a little bit. Yeah. Like if you're beating the shit out of teams, of course you're going to run Zamir White and just let him work the clock. Right. Yeah. Why? You're just well, slamming up in there. Yeah. Like that's, that makes me feel a little more confident there. Um, after, after that, there's a, there's a number of backs. Um, have you identified yet? And it's fine if your answer is no. Have you identified any sleepers or anybody a little bit deeper that you're starting to fall for a little bit? I know I sent you a few names, but you know, ultimately, uh, it, you know, it's just discussion at this point. There's a couple guys I've sort of started to uh, gravitate towards, but um, I've still got a lot more work to do. Anybody you start, you're well, starting to like? I will, I do want to talk about the one guy you kind of mentioned in yeah. the tweet today. In the shot yeah. Light. yeah. I think he's an exciting player. Like, yeah. I think he's going to go late. Like, I yeah. don't think he's going to go in a round. I think he might go that in Elijah Mitchell range. Yep, I agree. And it's a, it's worth a dart throw. Yep, he's a good running back. He has really good contact balance. He's patient. I love it. I love the way he does. He works the cutback lanes. Like he has really good vision there. He's good hands. I, I, the only thing I really didn't like was him running north south. I didn't think he did that very well. Like I think he tried. He didn't like just put his head down and go. And he tried to like force outside a lot. But a lot of that with somebody at that level is you're playing this level of competition. You think you make that big play all the time. You see it all the time with guys who aren't from the power conferences. Yeah, to me, he's like a little bit of a Tony Pollard type player where, you know, he's going to be able to catch the football from day one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you you, you turn on the Rashad Rashad White uh, film and it's basically just all like swing passes where he's taking it for 40. You know, it's just it's pretty impressive. He's uh, he's an explosive athlete and that's good enough as a starting point. Uh, And then we'll see. The rest of it, you know, draft capital, whether or not I don't know what type of player he is. I mean, I, I don't know anything, man. He's a senior, basically. I mean, he's a transfer Juco and there's all sorts of stuff there. But look, it's we've just, seen there's some scary we, we stuff. saw Ramondre Stevenson last year had all those other issues, too. And he looks like an NFL NFL back. I'm not saying Rashad White is Ramondre. I'm just saying, you know, no. Brandon oh, Ayuk yeah. was that Juco transfer. We've seen these guys translate before. So it's possible. Some people take longer to develop. Like yeah. we're not all starters at age 21 and just superstars. Like we're not, that's not, it's just not how it works. Unfortunately, like there's skill set there where if he gets an opportunity, he can hold on to it. Like we talk, we talk about Elijah Mitchell and James Robinson all the time. These late round guys, there's always questions, even when they're starting and playing well. And Rashad white might be that waiver wire superstar for one to two years who you're never like, you don't feel great about going into the next season. Like, I could see that being where he his career goes, and that's fine. Like, it's great for fantasy. I want those guys. Uh, one other guy who's intriguing to me, and a lot of it is landing spot, is Zonovan Knight from NC State. Talk to me. Um, again, I love I love those fast catching backs because they always have a role in the NFL. He's really explosive. I think he'll work really good in the timeshare. You mentioned Tony Pollard when you talked about Rashad White. Tony Pollard's who I had for my comparison for Zonovan Knight. Like, 
and like Tony Pollard, Darrell Henderson. I see him in that role. I really like him in that because he's an explosive athlete. He is, he's really good at catching the ball. He runs hard for when he finishes runs. You're not running him up the gut. But like that's what satellite backs for. And you as a Patriots fan know like James White was fantasy relevant for half a decade because he was a good pass catcher. I don't know if he's there, but he has a lot of those traits where he could be a really good running back too and have fantasy value because we're always desperate midway through the season for a guy who can put up points and he could be a seven to 10 point guy in PPR. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I looked at Zonovan, a couple things I, <laughs> I like, I mean, he, well, uh, we'll talk about, it. I mean, he's, first of all, he's a junior com- uh, coming out basically. Um, I don't know. Let me look up at his age. I think I've got it right here. Uh, yeah, he's, he's only, he's not even 21 years old, so he's young. Oh, wow. He's a young prospect. That. Yeah. He's, he's 20, you know, he, he's going to be 21 soon, but he's, he's not quite 21 yet. I don't know when his birthday is. It doesn't matter, but he, yeah. he's late 20 and, um, he did catch 20 balls two years straight. Um, you know, he wasn't exactly prolific. Uh, you know, he hasn't been a lead back as you point out, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see, um, you know, what he weighs out at, what he tests out at. And again, where he's drafted, I think where he's drafted and by whom will tell us a little bit about who they see him as. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if he goes someplace, and I'll make it up, uh, Cream Hunt leaves and the um, and the and the uh, Browns draft him behind Chubb. Well, well oh. maybe he's a pass catching back. You know what I mean? So like a, a little bit of that will tell us where you know what the team thinks of him. He's listed at 5'11", 205. Something like that. I've seen him in a couple different spots. Uh, five eleven, two ten. Again, yep, if he's five, t- if he's five ten, two ten, that's that's great. Uh, that's great. If he's five eleven, two hundred, well, that's not great. So you know, hopefully he's got a little bit more girth to him, uh, and then he's got a shot, man, because he's young. He's coming out early and he caught Love passes. Girth. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Love the thickness, but uh, you <laughs> and, need him at the running back position. And you know what? At like his age. Even if he's a little bit undersized, he still has room to grow into it. Like if he's twenty-one, there's a good chance you're not fully developed yet. Right. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. A lot of the other backs, I'm not super either excited to or have gotten to yet, just because. Well, like, I'll, I'll, I'll share a couple. couple. I'll share a couple with you. Uh, Felix Sharp last year on the show unearthed Elijah Mitchell with me. I'd asked him about it. He loved it. Um, <clears throat> I, little did I know Ray Garvin was already unearthing him. So you got to give Ray the, the, the you know, the, I'll give it to him, but I didn't know. I don't know. But in any event, he gave us Ramondre Stevenson and Elijah Mitchell last year, this year, Tyler Algier was his guy, uh, believes this kid's a real player. Uh, so I, I've got my eye on Tyler Algier. I'll, I'll, I'll have you go, uh, go uh, scout him up next and uh, let us know. I, what I'm you literally think putting on him on my, I'm putting him on my list right now. And, He's probably on the docket for my Friday film sessions. Yeah, I know pre show pre show we had talked and you hadn't looked at him yet, so uh, I, I can't I'm, ask you about him. So I, I'm really excited though. Like I love finding like some of these guys I haven't watched yet or had it on my watch list. Like it's so exciting. That's what draft season is. Like we're exactly. so early into it, and I exactly. really hate not and I really hate coming on a show and not knowing somebody who's brought up like on a pre show. Me too. But like it, just it also yeah. makes me really excited because that's draft season. There's so many guys who were late on finding. And like when you're early Uh, uh, on somebody, it feels really good. Apparently this Tyler Algier is fast. That's what I've heard. Okay. So it's everybody in. Right. Speed is good. Right. Uh, He ran the ball for 1600 yards this past season and 23 touchdowns. 
he caught 28 passes. I love the basket. <laughs> He's listed at 5'10", 220. I mean... Sounds a whole lot like a lead back in the NFL, right? So, you know, he's he's been prolific and dominant at the college level. He's been explosive. He's been a touchdown scorer, a pass catcher. Apparently he's fast. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll, I haven't watched the tape either, by the way. Um, but uh, he's got me a little excited on Tyler Algier. So uh, the, uh, the mock draft consensus thing had him at uh, one. Two, let me see where they had him. One, two, three, four like RB seven or something like that. So, you know, he's in and around, uh, you know, round three, if he gets day two capital, watch out for Tyler Algier. Yeah. I mean, so you look, it's just those traits you got to find. Yes. It really is like, yep. He has enough volume though, where you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Which is great. And he came from an offense that ran them a lot. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Like 276 carries a lot, man. Yes, it really is. Well, let's let's do this. It's been it's we're over as normal as always as per usual on the undrafted. But let's wrap it up, baby. Hey, one thing I, I want to do is I, I do want to thank you for coming on. This is our first time uh, breaking it down together. I really appreciate it. I've been following you on Twitter for a while, man, and and I, I appreciate your feedback. I think you're a great follow on Twitter. Uh, with it. that being said, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can find your content, both written and podcast. Tell everybody where to find you, bro. Awesome. Find me on Twitter, Ryan Searfoss at Foss534. Pretty easy there. Um, I, haven't, I haven't written in like a year because I'm just illiterate. But <laughs> I, have, I have two podcasts. I'm over at the Sports Illustrated Draft Bible. We do the Dynasty Draft Room podcast on that comes out Wednesday morning. We talk everything Dynasty. It's a lot of fun. We have we have a good time. There's a there's a lot of chaos, but you get some really good stuff. I have some great co-hosts there, and then you can find me at the Armchair Fantasy Show over at GoingForTwo.com, where on Wednesday nights, starting back up in February, we took a little bit of a hiatus this year because we've gone five years strong, the two of us, and really haven't had this kind of a break before. It's kind of nice, but I miss being on Wednesday nights like tonight. But yeah, put out good stuff year round and. I do a lot more during this time of year than the regular season because the draft's fun. This is the time, baby. I'm like, a draft is, Nick. I love like, it. I, it's so I'm much just, fun. I'm so much more active on Twitter out of the football season than in season, which makes no sense. But draft season's so fun. This and, is the, the, I agree, man. It's so much fun. I love it. And like it's trading time and dynasty. Everything's great. Yeah, it is fantastic. It's kind of like playing Madden and simming to the offseason so you can make all the fucking moves. This is and how, fantastic. And like 40% of people do that. Like they don't even play games on Madden. You, you simulate <laughs> the offseason, so you make trades, draft, yeah. and so be good. in year 2046 right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And your team is just fucking dope. That's right. Yeah, it's awesome. That's where, that's where it is for fantasy. And it's going to yeah. be a fun year, man. That's what dynasty football is, man. It's just fucking stacking wins and making it happen. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you on. I look forward to seeing the Twitter streets and we'll look forward to having you on again. I, I suppose if we ever do a, a mock draft show, you'd be an excellent uh, person to have on that. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep you on the docket and we'll look forward to seeing you the next time. So thank you so much for coming on everybody. Ryan Searfoss. Thank you so much on behalf of everybody at the undrafted on behalf of everybody at the Undroppables, on behalf of a newly saddened Philadelphia football fan and best producer in the land, Michael P. Duncan, on behalf of Ryan Searfoss, I am Jax Falcone, and we are out.